This is the fourth edition of Leftovers. And uh, by the way, I love the name Leftovers still and the music for Leftovers better than I like the music for our main podcast, which I don't know. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Favorite Leftover. Now. <laughs> we have, I think we talked about this before. Um, my favorite Leftover meal is uh, beef scow, uh, which is a Bahamian dish, or my mom's honey chicken. Uh, which I haven't had in a long time, but leftover is really good. That sounds good. That's what comes to my mind. What about you? Cold pizza. Uh, yeah, we have talked about this before because you've answered that before. Have we? I feel like we did this in the first leftover episode, but that's been so long ago, it's like another lifetime. Well, we have all learned something new today. There you go. By learning something old. There you go. Um, all right, so this the leftovers, if you don't know, is where we just kind of cold dive into a topic. I told Travis just before recording, I treat this as if somebody walked into my office as a pastor and just dropped a question on me, and I need to answer in that moment, okay? Um, so uh, the question today kind of has a few layers to it. Um, how do we need to think about unity as Christians? And specifically, I'm referencing something called ecumenicalism, okay, which says that all religions, all beliefs need to come under some unified stance to work together in some way and find unity. Even though we believe different things, we need to come together. That's ecumenicalism. In other words, um, a a Christian and a Muslim should be able to share the stage together in, in some way, shape, or form, should be able to share ministry together in some way, shape, or form. How do we think about that? Um, and, and I think this also matters for uh, within the church and within other denominations as well, because there are denominations within Christianity that teach very different things. We yeah. may agree on what's foundational, um, but we may disagree on things that are not essential to being a Christian, but are very important. So how do we, how do we need to think about unity in this regard? Are you ready yet? Because you're still turning pages in your Bible over there. I know, over it's there. crazy. It's like I'm trying to use the Word of God to defend my point. <laughs> Horrible person. Why? I, I memorized all of it, so I'm <laughs> I, I got I'm the good. whole Bible <laughs> locked down. You don't even have a Bible. I do. I have my phone. <laughs> I, got I, have my phone. <laughs> I don't want to turn pages and make it loud. You don't care. So. No, because I'm, yeah, because having a physical Bible is holier. That's a different leftover day. Now, why is this discussion so important? It's so important, and I think it's really timely for our series on cults. Because so many people are going to be like, guys, they say that they, the, you know, the Mormons say that they believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses say they believe in Jesus. We say we believe. Get over yourselves. Quit dividing the church. Practice unity. That's what we're trying to actually dispel right now and push back against. Because here's my point. I'm just laying out right now. That ain't right. We need to be able to discern good from evil. We need to be able to tell the difference between right and wrong, truth and a lie. And we need to, here it is, call out lies. We need to be able to stand firm on what the scriptures actually say. And we need to actually practice, get this, this is, I'm very clear, I'm going to be very clear on this, disunity on specific topics with specific sects of people who claim to be Christians but really aren't. Mm -hmm. And we need to be practicing unity better in other areas with people of different denominations. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think it's a either or but a both and. Mm -hmm. I think we need to practice disunity better and we need to separate ourselves and be more bold and direct against people who are truly not Christians and are not practicing Christianity and are completely running away from the truth, and we need to practice unity better with groups of people who, 
for example, we've both talked about this very openly in season one, we're Calvinists. Right. Okay, what about Arminianism? Right. I love them. Yeah. They're my brothers and sisters yeah. in Christ, you know what I'm saying? I think I said in that season, I would evangelize with an Arminian. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would go out on the streets and pr- preach the gospel with one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> one of these days we're going to have a strong argument on leftovers, but I don't know that today is that day. Um so here's a passage that comes to my mind. You you claim I'm not using the word, but you want to <laughs> you want to talk about strong language in reference to this Galatians one. Paul, I'm amazed that you're so quickly turning from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. Or other versions say, let him be a curse. I'm reading from the CSB. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, a curse be on him, uh, let him be uh, accursed. So Paul is very, very strong on um, you can't have gospel unity with somebody who's preaching a false gospel, okay? You, you, and, and the gospel is what's essential to, uh, to Christianity and what we believe, okay? Um, and so, and, and Paul, Paul even goes so far as to say, if they bear the name of Christ and, and they claim that they're a Christian, but their their lives are contrary to the gospel, Paul talks about not associating with them, okay? And so you can't you can't just have this let's all get along mentality, because everybody wants unity and, and unity is a good thing. Let me let me be clear here. Travis nor I are saying that unity is a bad thing. The question that you have to ask yourself is what are you not you uniting around? Mm. What what where do you what are you basing that unity on? Are you basing it simply on how you feel about one another and just wanting to be nice to each other? Right. We're not suggesting that somebody who disagrees with the gospel you be rude to them or disrespectful or violent toward them. Right. We're just saying you can't you can't do ministry with them. You cannot have fellowship with them like you have with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. It can't be there. I agree. No, I completely agree. So now People are going to be listening and saying, okay, okay, I, okay, yeah, no, I see what you guys are saying. I see what you guys are saying. There's uh, the Mormons, maybe you just listen to the episode and you're like, yeah, that's not Christianity. They say they're Christians, but they're really not. No, I'm not going to be unified with that, right? But what about the what about the, the wolves in sheep's clothing within your own local congregation? Mm. What about the people who agree with everything that you agree with? They go to church, they worship next to you but they reject the deity of Jesus Christ yeah. or the inerrancy of the word. They don't think that the word is the, uh, the infallible word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, you're like, oh, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, first and foremost, love them, evangelize to them, talk to them, tell your pastors and your elder team, and l- let's get involved. Let's talk about this. Let's pray for them. Let's show them the truth in the Scripture. What if there's a rejection? Hmm. What do you do now? Let's make it more like, okay, well, it's not this cult over here. It's not the sect over here, but it's the person that you sit next to on Sundays. Mm-hmm. What am I now going to do? Second Peter 2, um, and this is specifically referring to false teachers, mm-hmm. okay, and people who had uh, positions of authority and who were proclaiming the Word of God, because I'll tell you what, have there also been pastors who have started off sound doctrine, strong and then what if you're, yeah, let's, let's just change it. What if your pastor who preaches every single Sunday, you go to church, you, 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 you signed your little covenant, and you agreed that, you know, I agree with everything here within this church membership, we're all good, and then years down the line, he starts to turn left. Mm-hmm. Slowly. 
slowly. It's a left turn, left turn, and then suddenly, next thing you know, there's a rejection of the inerrancy of the scriptures. That yeah. you know what this is. This book is outdated. That's what's happening right now. Yeah. What's happening right now is you know what, guys. I, I know what the Bible says, but. There's just too much more in the culture. So all I'm trying to say is what happens when all of these things are being confronted to us? Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 1, But false prophets also arose among the people. So they sprang up from in the midst of the church itself, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. They're not going to come in and openly just be like, hey, guys, today I don't believe in God. No, that's it's going to be secret. Satan disguised himself as an angel of light, right? So he's going to bring in these uh, destructive heresies secretly, even denying the master who bought them. Come on, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow their sensuality. They're going to gain followers, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. This is what's happening right now. People who are standing up for the truth of the gospel, of the word of God right now, are being mocked. And they're saying, oh, I can't believe you believe that archaic nonsense. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. But get this, their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. God's not just watching and not caring for his people. So should we stay unified with these people? After trying and after sharing the gospel and being loving, being kind, do, that's, my, you know, that's my preface, right? Do we stay in unity in one step with people who have secretly brought in destructive heresies? No, and I think it's important to define what we even mean by unity. Sometimes, Good point. Sometimes when... You know, we argue and we say, no, let's not be unified with that person. What some people think we're saying is, let's hate them, um, let's let's shun them, let's never talk to them again. No, no, we're saying I, I can't. We're saying I can't call you a brother or sister in Christ anymore. While I don't know your heart, while I don't know, I can't say I know whether or not you're actually genuinely saved or you're just walking in sin right now. I can't, with good conscience, say that you are a brother or sister in Christ, and I got to protect. Uh, the flock uh, of God. I got to protect this church, and so um, we're not going to um, we're not going to to publicly acknowledge that you are uh, brother or sister in Christ. We're not going to treat you as if everything's okay. Um, we're going to evangelize. We're going to try to bring the truth to you. We're going to love you, um, and we're going to we're going to care for you. But we want to make sure um, that we uh, uphold the doctrine of Jesus Christ, um, because elsewhere Paul says, "A little leaven leavens the whole lump." Mm. Okay, so you bring in a little bit of heresy, a little bit of, uh, of false doctrine, and you let that sit there long enough, it's going to spread. Right. Um, and so you've got to love your other brothers and sisters in Christ enough to expose that as well. Um, I think that's that's an important point. But unity, so kind of to, to the question that sparked that, unity, um, we're talking about being able to lock arms and proclaim the gospel together and and do ministry together. If somebody's teaching a different gospel, you can't do that. Right. Um, you can't have fellowship with that person. You can't you can't have the kind of Christian fellowship where you're bearing one another's burdens, you're loving one another, you're sacrificing for one another. You're not going to be able to have that because you don't have the, the, where that unity comes from is Christ. And if you're mm-hmm. not unified in Christ, you can't have true unity. And let me say one more thing. When we talk about unity, I want you all to imagine a chain in your head, okay? 
there's a breaking of the chain. And I'm talking like bolt cutters, you shatter it and you can't create it again. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's unity of like a little lock where two chains are locked together. I want to, I want to phrase this in a way of pausing unity of separating unity mm -hmm. that can be reestablished if yeah. repentance occurs. Yeah. So unity, yes, can be separated and disunity sometimes has to happen in the cases that we're talking about. But what about when it's harder when maybe they're not unbelievers, but they're living in unrepentant sin? Mm -hmm. uh, first Corinthians five, Paul says, but now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother who's saying, hey, I'm a Christian, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an idolater, reviler, drunkard or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. And that means if he is or she is living in unrepentant sin, completely willfully, wantonly denying the gospel of Jesus Christ, saying, I'm, I'm, I'm living in this, I love it, I'm not going anywhere in it, yeah, even in those hard situations, in love, in truth, with an elder team around you, with the church gathered together, sometimes you need to take the lock off that unity and separate. Yeah. And it may be a pause, and we pray that it comes back. Yeah. But sometimes they turn around and they leave us just to show that they were never of us. Yeah. So... Oh man, this could have been a full episode, but right. um, but we're at our time limit right here. So, uh, Travis, twenty seconds. One, uh, what's the two. line? Where do we draw the line on this? What do we draw? Can you really like what's what's foundational doctrine? What is what are the what's non negotiable? Where do you draw that line? Don't like lay them all out, but like yeah, yeah, just yeah, simply, yeah. where do you draw the line? We have core doctrines in the Christian faith. We have primary doctrines, is what they what they're called, and we have secondary doctrines. Mm -hmm. And it really requires wisdom to be able to, and sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's conscience issues. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is uh, true convictions in your heart. Other times you're going to have to distinguish between those and preferences. Yeah. And it takes maturity and wisdom to be able to discern between what is preferential, what is your convictions, what's secondary, what's primary, all those various things that you need to really think through in your heart. But what you can set your ground on is the primary doctrines in the, of the Orthodox Christian Church. Yeah. And that's what I would really recommend that you look into and do some studying maybe, on. And, maybe, uh, this really, maybe oversimplifying it, maybe not. Read the Apostles' Creed. Um, yeah, those are core doctrines of the Christian faith. Yeah. Uh, somebody's abandoning one of those, um, you got a real issue on your hands. Yeah, and um, we're not going over them all, but who's Jesus? Right. Deity of Jesus. Yeah. Scripture being the inerrant Word of God. The Trinity. These these are important things. Look them up. Just yep. do the studying on your own. Stand on that solid ground. Don't move from there. And the other things, seek counsel and let's talk about some stuff. I heard somebody say, uh, if we can argue about it when we're in heaven, um, then let's do it then. <laughs> let's do it then. I like that. I'll, we'll deal with this later. We got yeah. more pressing matters. Yeah. So um, that's good. Well, uh, thanks for listening. This is another edition of Leftovers, uh, where we just dive right in, and we did that today. If you've got something you'd like us to do on a Leftover episode, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Calfordcatechism at gmail.com. Calfordcatechism at gmail.com. That's all I got. That's all Travis has. I'm making that be all that he has. He just shut me up. You just muzzled an ox. I did. But we're done. That's so. not what that verse means, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Bye. you. Until next time.